Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Upside Swing to be a draft podcast, the podcast of the highest ceiling. I'm your host, Bryce Hendricks, joined always by the great Stone Hanson, the wonderful Cooper Klein. We're here to talk about some, I guess you'd call them like fours, fives. I haven't come up with an episode title yet. I've actually been racking my brain all week, like trying to think of what a good episode title for this one would be because, I don't know, surprise fives? Is that a good one? <laughs> I don't know. I'll I'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, we're talking, we're only talking about three guys today. Um because of some, uh, you know, Intel, some time stuff. So we're only going to talk about three, and we'll kind of move on from there. Um, before we get too into these three guys, Coop Stone, my friends, how you doing? Doing well, recovering from a long weekend. Um, so I'm excited to get back into the groove of watching film and breaking these guys down. Yeah, had a ton of fun watching the tournament games this weekend, uh, even though the Cougs lost. Uh you know, we're all dealing with some basketball trauma right now, but uh, really excited to get my heart broken again by, t- by talking about guys that these two are just going to shit on. Uh, I, I really like one of these guys, um, not the one that Coop wants me to. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about. Uh, well, actually, also, you mentioned we're all in basketball hell. And I just want to say that I've already won money from March Madness and I'm about to win like three more brackets, despite my champion being a team that lost in the Sweet 16. Um, so that's you know, just how bad this year is, man. It's it's a it's a nightmare for I, everyone. I, I love it, though. Like, I think this has been a really fun March. We're, we're not we're not doing any like March Madness recap pods, I don't think, because uh, honestly, I don't think any of us really value much of what has gone on in March in a developmental way. I mean, uh, other than the fact that I think it's really funny to like see people expose themselves who've only watched a few games. I, I, I really do enjoy that. But, you know, other than that, I, I think. There hasn't been a ton to glean prospect-wise. I actually did watch one March Madness game for one of these players, um, like with with an eye for scouting, because it was one of their better games, and I wanted to see how they handled it. And so, but in general, not doing March Madness stuff, but it's been a very good year for me with my brackets, despite I, both my champions are gone. But, you know, I picked UConn to the Final Four. I, I I picked Purdue with an early loss. I had some good, I had some good calls in there. Anyways. Let's move on to uh, Coop's favorite team, uh, the team that he has made me love as well, um, and a player who plays for them uh, by the name of Jarace Walker or Jarace Walker. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I, I apologize if I say your name wrong. Uh, if you're ever listening to this, Jarace, but um, I'm probably going to say it both ways because that's uh, how my brain tends to work. Um, Walker is a six eight, two hundred and twenty pound forward big i think as we talked about it we're going to lean strongly towards big um who is a freshman uh 19 years old september 4 2003 birthday um i believe that is almost a full year younger than brandon miller using miller as our constant litmus test for for age um and Hughes, uh and, and walker is averaging 11.2 points per game on 46.3 34.7 66.3 shooting splits 6.8 rebounds, 1.8 assists, uh, 1.3 blocks, almost a full steal, 1.5 turnovers for some more advanced stats, 53.3% true shooting. Not great, but not awful because Houston spacing is pretty bad. That's definitely an issue uh, for, for Walker. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, 10.3% offensive rebound rate, pretty good. 12.4% assist rate to a 12.3% turnover rate, 2.1 uh, steal rate, two, uh, 6.3 block rate on 22% usage. 
Um, there's obviously a lot to talk about here, uh, but I think the place I want to start is with his general athletic profile. We mentioned he's 6'8", he's strong. I think he sometimes gets talked about as like a really high-level athlete. Hoop, how do you feel about Walker as an athletic, uh, I don't know, how do you feel about his athletic profile? I think it's it's a, it's really, it's like min-maxing, right? Like he uh, maxed his strength, you know, his burst isn't great. Uh He's not like the fastest, but he can like get up to a high top speed that like if you just watch highlights, it's like, oh my God, this guy's flying down the court. It's like it took him four seconds to get to top speed. Um, you know, he's got pretty solid coordination, which I think is a part of the problem, right? Like you see a guy who can move decently well at six eight, uh, you know, and as big as he can, and you kind of confuse that for like elite athleticism. Uh, but I don't think he's like super quick twitch or anything he gets off the floor pretty quick he's not like explosive or anything like i, I wouldn't say, i don't think he's like coloco quick off the ground but he's got a solid second jump uh he can get up i mean he sees the floor pretty well he has like a good understanding of like where he is in space um but he's not like i, I he's not like the cam whitmore you know azar thompson tier of athletes that you know this the way we talked about it's like oh this is such a top top tier athleticism draft i don't think he's there he's good uh but he's definitely overrated in a lot of aspects i would would just argue he's actually not a great athlete in a lot of areas i think he's kind of poor um i mean he's sort of stiff in a lot of ways and that's somewhat to be expected with how bulky and muscular he is like generally if you're that big you're just not going to be extremely flexible um, I think the fact that he doesn't like he's not super long and it it really hinders him as like a recovery defender, which we'll get into more. But I think that that re- that limits him in a lot of ways. A second jump is solid a lot of times, but then you look at the reason for why it's solid. And I think a lot of times it's because he just doesn't get that high off the ground because with his first jump, like I think he, he his load time is quicker because he's just getting to the ground faster with that lack of verticality on the first jump. Um, I think he can move his feet fairly well, but I don't think he's very quick laterally. Um, And I think that he's just slow. Like if he's got the ball in his hands, he's not very bursty. Um, I, I, I think that the biggest trait of him athletically is his size and in strength. And I think that that's basically his, his only positive in terms of like uh above average athletically i think everything else is average or below average athletically i would say yep i'm i'm in full agreement there i think even his strength is a bit overrated because physically he looks very strong and he can do some all right things in the post and he absorbs contact okay but he never asserts that strength offensively i think he's actually very bad at that like he he when he's trying to like back players down in the post he doesn't go anywhere Uh, i think some of that is his his inability to get low uh he seems to have some like major flexibility issues in his posterior chain that that that's part of why he's so slow laterally is because um he just like can't sit in a stance very well um he can't really like use his derriere to push guys around in the post um even like like his strength on box outs, I think, is up and down. It's not bad, but it's not 
good, I wouldn't say. So I wouldn't even call his strength above average. And then I absolutely agree with you, Stone. Like the first step is really bad. Uh, he's super slow laterally. I mean, um, I probably counted like six, seven um, times a game where he just got like completely dusted in a way you just don't see prospects get dusted very often. Like even guys we would refer to as slow laterally, like, you know, give up half a step or a step like to, to middling athletes, like Walker guarding some middling athletes on the perimeter is just getting like completely blown by like wide open lanes to the rim. If it wasn't for the fact that Houston was such an aggressive plug team, uh, I mean, these would be wide open dunks and, and layups. And at the NBA, where there is that type of spacing, uh, it becomes a real, real issue. Um, I, I think, you know, he's pretty slow in a straight line. He's pretty slow in transition. He's almost never like the first big back. Um, there's one thing I would point to as positive with his athleticism is that I think he's a very good two-foot leaper. Uh, one foot, eh, like he had a couple one-foot dunks in transition but he's not really like putting guys on posters off one a ton. He's mostly a two foot athlete, but he is good at that. Like he can catch lobs up too. He gets up pretty quick. Um, the like, you know, ability to just kind of jump straight up and be vertical is pretty impressive to me. And again, that does combine with despite the strength being not great. Like he can absorb contact. So near the rim, he can get vertical pretty well, take a hit to the chest and stay straight up without giving up a, a an easy layup. So I think that's a, a, a big thing for him. Uh, but in general, I would say Walker is a pretty poor athlete. And I think that's a big reason why, you know, as I kind of hinted, alluded to at the beginning, we all view him as like a five, like a pure five in a lot of ways. Not to say there's zero upside for him to play the four, but it's more to say that it just, he he makes way more sense as a five long-term. So with that being said, let's kind of talk about some of the things he does well on offense and, and kind of going from there. So, Coop, I'll throw this to you. I think the thing that stood out the most to all of us was the passing. How do you feel about Walker as a passer? So I I think the passing is probably the biggest, like, the most outlier trait that he has uh, as far as, like, a five. Um, he's one of the, probably the best interior passer in the class. Um, I don't know who else would be up there off the top of my head other than like uh, Thompson, but um, I'm embarrassing myself trying to think of one right now, but uh, like he can make Pat, he can drive and then like do little dish offs to the other big. He could hit cutters pretty well. He can hit him from the perimeter. He can hit him from, uh, you know, the mid post. He has a lot of, it's mostly stuff like looking inwards, but he can make kickouts um there are a lot of moments where but it most of his kickouts are out of the post when his post up goes absolutely nowhere um you know legend of the game uh strongest guy on the court but can't move anybody um it's i I think the the way that that's going to manifest itself is in the at the next level is as a short roll passer um you know i think that's really how you maximize him because I, I think we'll talk about in a bit, the rest of the game is a lot of flash, not a ton of consistency. Um, and the Cougs didn't really use him as a short role player a ton, but when they did, they saw a lot of success, especially when playing with like Jamal Shedd in, in a pick and roll. But uh, I, I mean, the passing's really nice. He sees the floor pretty well. He makes a lot of like tap passes where it, a lot of it's predetermined, right? Like he sees how the defense is moving, the pass comes, and then he just does whatever he was going to do. Um, and that can result in some turnovers, but 
he doesn't throw a lot of turnovers. A lot of his turnovers are like he can't dribble um, and he like tries to do a spin move and it's the most predictable high, you know, dribble of all time. And he just gets completely picked. Um, but most of his turnovers as a passer are just, he flings the ball too hard and then it like bounces off the guy and, you know, he doesn't really have a feel for where his guys want the ball. And it just like goes careening out of bounds because he's, you know, flinging the ball a million miles an hour. Yeah, I so I I really liked uh, Walker's passing. I think it is one of the maybe better like in isolation skills in this whole class. Um, I I I think I'm even higher on it than Coop. Like I think he is a um, very very high level decision maker and passer. The thing I love the most with him is is that I think it's a like he is a very quick processor on the offensive end. Uh, he just has a great feel for um, quickly reading a defense, finding an open guy, and just delivering that pass. The touch on the passes isn't always great, but I think that's pretty improvable. Um, I don't think they're ever, it's, it's rarely like awful. It's just, I think he's sometimes maybe an o- a little over ambitious, but I kind of like that. I kind of like his ambitious as a passer. I think that's all mostly good stuff. Um, his, his ability to kind of pass off the dribble is not always there. His interior passing off the dribble is great, right? Like, uh, you know, Coop, you mentioned short roll. I think there's a lot of that upside with Walker, you know, like catch, take two dribbles, read the help and just make a quick dump off or shovel pass. Like that stuff is all great. Um, I think he makes good kickouts too, but he's not really like breaking someone down and then making a pass. If that makes sense. It's kind of more off of shifted tilted defense, but he is great at that. There, there's value to being a big who is great at reading shifted tilted defenses. And Walker can absolutely do that. I think he can do that up there with the best of any prospect I've I've scouted in recent memory of just like someone who is so consistently finding the open guy against defenses that are all over the place. I, I think one of the more impressive moments to me was um, this was against Auburn in the uh, round of 32, where he kind of saves this ball out of bounds. He jumps in the air. He looks like he's just going to try and, you know, quarterback pass it to whoever's at the top of the key just to try and save the ball. But instead, he sees, I believe it was Tremont Mark kind of cutting it, or uh, no, it was Marcus Sasser kind of cutting into the paint. And he quickly readjusts, throws that pass. Sasser hits the mid range jumper. It's just great, like a great little thing. Um, and I think it was really emblematic of his ability to just consistently adjust and make good decisions. Um, so, so I'm very, very high on his passing. Uh, even if my, you know, I have questions about how I'll access it at the next level. Again, like, you know, if he's playing with a guard with a lot of gravity, I really like his upside to be able to do, kind of catch in the short roll, look around, make a good decision. Like I just think, I just think that's all there for him. Absolutely, Stone. How'd you feel about Walker's passing? I think I'm a little bit lower than you guys on it, and this is some of the issue I have with Walker is that I would agree that passing is probably his best offensive, you know, asset to his game. Um, and the fact that that is the case somewhat worries me because zooming out a little bit for perspective, like there's still like a decent amount of flaws within sort of his passing to me that it's like, if that's your best asset that you're bringing and it has flaws like that, um, then I have con- some pretty serious concerns offensively. So to get into it a little bit, like I think a lot of his passing, well, he has, like it's very inconsistent to me. I think that he's got very good reactive reads. I also think that there's a lot of premeditated stuff where he gets caught in the mid post. 
and he's looking for a way to pass it and he's he's stuck there because he can't handle and he picked up his dribble and he's waiting for someone to cut um and he locks eyes with that person and passes and it gets picked off or something like i think that he's he's patient to his credit he's somewhat patient but sometimes it's to the detriment of the team because he's eating clock just waiting for the right pass to come around um because he wasn't the one that was creating that pass initially right he's 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 got himself in a position where he has to pass out now he's waiting for someone to get him uh and it you know an open look on a cut to get that pass um <clears throat> the other uh sort of issue i have with it is i think that so much bryce touched on it a little bit with the accessibility to it like i don't think he's really going to be able to handle at the next level and i think that limits a lot of what he might be able to see um i don't think might it might not come to fruition because he's not going to be able to handle and, and get to the spot to make that pass accessible. Um, and it's sort of off the short roll. I think he is a really good short roll passer. Uh, another issue I have with it though, is like he's, we'll get into it more probably, but he's not the best screen setter. Um, and I think that that sort of limits the, the window or the, the length of the window he has to make those short roll passes because he's slipping a lot of times and the defense can suck up quicker to him, uh, and he has to make that pass quicker than it needs to be with the frame that he has and the size that he has. I think he can be a really effective screen setter. Uh, he just didn't really show it this year. Um, and I think, uh, but as far as like reactive stuff, I do really like it. I do think he's a good interior passer. I do think that um, he sees things well in terms of the whole court. Uh, I just think it's inconsistent in terms of um, the amount of passes that are predetermined and that he's like, you know, I'm getting to this spot and passing from here and the amount of times in a game where he can be like, uh, you know, in a sort of a scramble offense and he finds someone uh, from the middle of the floor and, and is able to, you know, um, kick it out to the three or, or kick it to a baseline cut or something like that. So I think that while there is like, room for improvement and there's upside with the passing i do think what he showed this year um left me with a little bit of cause for concern as well yeah i i definitely think like everything you said i i don't have a like i don't have the ability to refute i think you're you're absolutely right there and and that's part of the worry with um part of the worry i have with walker in general is just that I, I don't know, like, I, I don't trust the handle. I don't trust to be able to access any of this stuff consistently. So let's kind of talk about his 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 scoring his his scoring package and how he could maybe leverage that as a passer. Coop, again, I'll throw this to you. What do you think he does well as, as a scorer and bucket getter that can kind of get him some gravity to be able to make plays? Well, the, I mean, his, his main strength, I think, as a scorer is as an interior scorer. Um, all of his scoring I, it, right now is flashes. There is, in my opinion, absolutely nothing consistent other than like dunking. And even that, I mean, kind of, I mean, now he only missed one dunk, I guess, but uh, like lob catch, it's mostly flash, right? He can't get to the rim a lot without, like he doesn't force himself right to the rim. He has a lot of rim attempts, but most of them are that fucking little flicky floater that he loves to get to and he can hit it uh it's just at a certain point he's relying too much on 
the ability to hit a floater from anywhere within like 14 feet uh, and doesn't use his strength and use his body to like actually get to the rim. And and this is shown in his free throw rate. He only has a 23.6 free throw rate for a guy who's a five at the next level and is, you know, is supposedly this strong and, uh, you know, this athletic. It's just not what you want to see. You want to see him, like him actually get to the, and even when he gets there, he doesn't hit his free throws, right? Only 66% on the year, which is pretty small sample. Like I'll, I'll give him that, but the free throw form does not look good. The shot form does not look good. Uh, he's just so reliant at, as like an ISO like finisher to get to that floater when he's playing as a role man and he can get right to the rim. I think his layup touch is really good. He's able to use different angles around the rim uh, and like go to the other side of the basket, you know, go high up off the backboard, you know, not use the backboard. He has a variety of finishes like right at the rim. The problem is getting there, uh, especially I, I think most of that comes because he was seen as like a perimeter player for the Cougs. He played most of his game on a perimeter. I don't think that's how he should be used at the next level. Uh, you know, he's at his best heading downhill. I don't, he's kind of shooty, like 34.7% on the year. I don't think it's real at the next level. He has like flashes of off the dribble shot making. And it's like, oh my God, it's so sick. And it it just doesn't go in at a high enough rate to actually be like, yes, this is going to be a part of his game at the next level. Uh, It just really depends on how much buying him as as a scorer, 100% just depends on how much you buy the flashes and how much you buy the touch. And I don't know if I buy either. So I only really buy him as like an interior finisher. Uh, and that's that makes him really scary to a degree, right? Like as a guy who's going to go top seven. So like, where were you guys with the with the scoring? I think there's maybe something there with just like, he is legitimately very good at making tough mid-range shots. Like, for whatever that is where I that's that's generally a skill we devalue, right? And, and I completely get that. I think there is reason for that because it tends to not be good shots uh at the you know at, at, at the NBA level. But there is something to be said for having a big who can at the very least, when needed, put the ball on the deck and create something for themselves in the mid-range area. We've seen this be a like consistently successful offense for the Heat with Bam Adebayo. And obviously Bam is is not a comp for Jerace, but Similar in the fact that they're both like good passers on offense who uh, can use their gravity as mid-range scorers to be more, you know, successful in dribble handoffs and stuff like that. So I, I think there's maybe something there. I'm with you with the shot, Coop, where like it doesn't look good. The arms are really close together uh, and his footwork is fairly inconsistent. He's always like starting with his right foot back and then bring it forward which is just sort of weird you don't see that very often you tend to see someone start with a foot right or left foot whichever one out and then bring it in not back and then bring it forward if that makes sense so it, it's not i don't think it's awful i don't think he's going to be a good shooter at the next like a good high volume shooter he's not you know miles turner or something but i think he can hit like an open spot up here or there is it ever good enough to make him be guarded out there I think it would take some serious work. It's not impossible. Again, like something working for Walker is his age. Lots of prospects who we kind of talk about in this vein tend to be older. You know, I brought up in the pre-show, like someone like a Xavier Tillman as like a Walker comp, quote unquote. 
Tillman was, I think, 22 when he was drafted. Um, there's something to be said for him being young with this kind of collection of skills. But I think uh, that that does stand out to me as just outside of creating tough shots. for And again, it's tough shots. He does not create much space. Um, he's very reliant on the floater and these like little hook shots that are the hook shots are pretty bad. The floater's pretty okay. Like I think his touch with his right hand is good. I think he legitimately has good touch, not the meme good touch that uh, we talked about during our March Madness live show. Um, he legitimately has actual good touch, good feel for, um, you know, kind of leveraging that touch at times, but it is so worrying how little he actually gets, looks at the rim. Like I, I watched, I've watched a lot of Houston this year and and I wasn't always tracking him. I don't know if I've seen him take one uncontested self-created like not uncontested, like I don't think I've seen him create one actual solid rim look on his own all of his real good shots near the rim tend to be created for him and that does worry me um so i i I don't know like like what is he offensively a short roll big who can maybe operate some dho's and 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 maybe you know uh uh make some plays for himself in the mid-range that has some value but i don't think it's a ton so do you have anything else to say about his kind of scoring for himself and and um if 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 not, or, or afterwards, do you want to move on and kind of talk about how he is? Like, do you think he could succeed as a role man, like getting all the way to the rim, catching lobs? Like, just what do you see his general scoring package as? Uh, I wasn't expecting this coming into this episode, but I think I might end up lower than both of you on Therese and his scoring as well. Um, he, to me, is, again, so inconsistent. Like, it's not enough for me to buy the shooting or touch at all, really. I think that the floater has its moments. Um, like it looks good at times. Uh, I mean, he shot 34% this year on them, so it's not like it's a super high percentage or anything. Um, and then other times they're just like absolute clinkers. Um, we play our good touch, bad touch game all the time on playback. Uh, and I think Jarese is, I mean, probably more consistent as a bad touch guy um, for me. I mean, and then mid-range too, like there's times where he – he looks good. He feels it. He'll hit like two. Uh, and then the next two are like off the backboard or the rim. And he's just, it's just so inconsistent for me. Um, I think at the three point shooting, I don't really buy, um, I, he doesn't get much lift off the ground. Uh, I don't think that he, um, has like a particularly quick release or, and it, he's a big, the bigs that shoot a lot of the appeal generally is how high the release is for him, but he's, he's not a big, big, right. He's not very long. He's not very tall. So the release isn't like high, like most bigs are. And that's, it takes away, I think from some of the uh, shot equity that a lot of bigs may have. Um, I think that uh, most of his damage is going to come at the rim. I think he's a very good dunker very good in that dunking spot. I think that, um, as a guy that's like doing layups and stuff again he just he doesn't get a ton of lift and I think a lot of times those layups come up short uh, they hit the bottom of the rim or the side of the rim um, and they're not like uh, I don't think he has great touch around the rim either um, if he's you know trying to hit it off the glass or something I think it's just extremely inconsistent from pretty much every level uh, and that really worries me because there's not like one thing other than dunking that I can be like 
you know, Drace has this and it's going to definitively develop and, and be there for him at the next level. Uh, I think everything is just real iffy. And for me, like I lean towards it not developing rather than uh, eventually being something he can rely upon. So um, I'm pretty low on his offense altogether. I, th- I just think with the questions I have as a passer, which I still think that's his best attribute offensively, and the questions I have as a scorer, where I just I don't see anything other than dunking that I can say he's going to be, you know, good at or consistently do. Um, I'm pretty out on him offensively. I just think that there's there's too many questions for me to value him as highly as a lot of people do. Yeah, I think I... offensively, just uh, I think the hope offensively is that. You know, you, you get him and you simplify his role by a, a, like a massive amount. Uh, the Cougs offense was kind of a disaster this year. Um, just as someone who watched a lot of it, it was a lot of uh, like Jamal and Sasser both trying to figure out how to fit, you know, with each other. And they're both like super ball dominant and like having the ball in their hands and having to figure out how to get Jarris into his spots. And also you still have to feed Juwan and, Guess what? Shaman Mark is also like a really good offensive player. Uh, it was really janky, like for a lot of the year. Um, and at least to me, and you know, I obviously I'm I'm very biased. Like it, if you don't know this, I'm I'm a Kooks fan. I I go to UH. If you're just listening to this pod, um, so take a lot of what I say with a little grain of salt, but the offense to me looked its best when Jarris Walker was involved, right? When he touches the ball on the perimeter, makes a read, uh, you know, moves the ball pretty quickly. That's when the offense looked at its best. Uh, maybe that was just a factor of, you know, the, the ball is actually moving and it's not just ISO ball and like, Oh, we got to feed Jarris in his spots. But I think if you simplify his role, you let him make some simple decisions, you use him as a screener and the screening, when he actually makes contact, Oh my God, guys slam into a Jairus Walker screen and they are dead. The problem is that he slips every like two out of three screens, right? Uh, He just doesn't make enough contact. And a lot of that is being young. I think you can say that for both of the other guys we're going to talk about uh, to a pretty large degree. I think that's just being a young big, you want the ball, you're going to roll, you know, you're going to do your thing. Um, Yeah. I think you simplified Jairus's role there's the potential for him to like maybe be a four and like you stick him in the corner type of four. And there's moments where he attacks closeouts really well. Uh, I think the handle's good in a straight line. I think as soon as you have to like add in anything other than a basic crossover, it stinks. But if you put him into a smaller offensive role, I think he's going to thrive. I think that's, that's kind of the point I was building to towards there, but I think you can get a lot out of him if you make his job easier. Yeah, I think I, th- I think all that is is fair. Um, a, a couple other kind of disparate notes um, that I have. I think the left hand is very underdeveloped, uh, so I, I I'm not at all I'm not at all confident that he can actually like improve the handle. You know, one the flexibility issues are major. We've talked about that a little bit. Uh, I think that's one of the harder things to improve with your handle. I think people point to Jalen Brown. Uh, and, and Paul George, like 
I, I think those are rarer cases um, of guys who improve their handle flexibility. I just don't buy that with Walker, especially because one of the strengths people are going to buy with him is body type. Um, and I think the body type is inherently limiting to his flexibility. Um, I think that, uh, and again, that underdeveloped left hand, like he's never going to that if he if he can avoid it. Um, his, his, his bag of tricks, like to create shots for himself is very limited. He has like this okay little like kind of snatch between the legs, like under his leg, back to his left hand to create a pull up. Um, but he really just loves to do these like, like left to right between the leg and then just immediately into a pull up where he's kind of fading. It looks fine. Uh, it's just not complex. Um, it, it's sort of like the the college basketball version of the LeBron look at the ball before you kind of gather for that step back, like where it's just like you know he's gonna hit the same move. College basketball players can't defend it, but again, if he's a if we're assuming he is a five, he's trying to create that look over seven footers. I, I think that becomes tougher, um, and I don't think he's quick enough to like blow by them if they're way out on him. I think there is maybe a little bit of improvement that can come with his athleticism like i i think you know guys get to the nba he's guarded by like you know on, on a feature zubak you know someone like that mason plumley maybe there's something there with him being able to just kind of like put the ball on the ground and blow by him but he hasn't shown that against college guys at all so i i'm with stone where it's like you're you definitely for to buy him offensively you definitely have to bet on something developing he has to you know learn how to be a a, a more dynamic finisher he has to get more comfortable throwing his body weight around and pushing guys out of the way. Um, and if not, then you're just kind of betting on, and I think there's still maybe something there, which is DHO triple pull up stuff. But if not, then you're kind of at a loss because I don't think he's going to have to pick and pop. I don't think the rolls are so good that he's going to have a ton of like vertical spacing gravity. I just don't know that there's a ton there uh, for him. Like, like there's definitely not star in my opinion for Walker. I think he can be a very solid, like, starting big offensively in some ways i'm not sure there's any star upside with his offense so let's move on to his defense because maybe the lottery sell comes there we talked about the on-ball defense a little bit how he is just absolute food uh got cooked by guys who are not even close to nba caliber also got cooked by guys who are nba caliber but they're not really ball handlers uh someone who we'll talk about in a second um coop is there anything there with his on-ball defense and if not why don't you walk us through his off-ball defense as well? Uh, so the on-ball defense is, uh, to put it bluntly, pretty dog shit. Uh, Got to be honest. Uh, he the it, <laughs> the funny part is that this wasn't like uh, he definitely got better, right? Like the beginning of the year, uh, Dalton Necht of Northern Colorado, uh, yeah, was getting blowbys every other possession. I was at that game. It pissed me off. It was so annoying to watch, uh, but. He definitely got better. He had better moments as the year went on. Um, he still got blown by pretty consistently, but uh, his ability to just kind of know where guys are going improved, like his his understanding. And maybe it's just like reading the scouting report, uh, but he had better moments. I think he's okay in recovery, but it's mostly just because of his arms, right? Like he's got a 7-2 wingspan at 6-8. Um that's really that's really how he gets most of his blocks are like oh i got beat on the perimeter but i'm just so much bigger than you that you cannot do anything at the rim um and off the ball i think is really his biggest strength i think he's you know solid in rotation he's aggressive um 
it's kind of hard to like really get a direct translation of, oh, this is what he's going to look like in the NBA because he played the four in a system that uh, doesn't really, it's, it's not an NBA scheme, right? Like there's not, there's not the level of post play that there is in college in the NBA. And uh, you know, the Kooks played the double, double the post type defense. And, and I think he was good at executing it. I think he reads the floor. Well, um, he's just, decently predictable in that like he doesn't do anything super advanced uh he's good around the rim he makes solid you know weak man like low man rotations but the kooks also play both their bigs right next to the rim most of the time right like he's not traveling a ton of distance to where you think he can play the four um like he's fine in, in drop but he he just gets blown by by smaller guards even in tight space and his hips aren't good enough to like turn and then you know swat the shit out of him most of the time especially the nba level ones right uh like he did really well on wendell green even when he got blown by most of the time when he didn't go to the step back like he could contain the drive but if wendell green got to a step back it, it was basically it, it, you know barbecue chicken um it's it's just really He's a really tough package <laughs> defensively. And it's hard to like really see what he's going to do at the NBA level other than like rim protect. Um, I don't know if he can play and drop. He definitely can't play at the level. Um, you know, he can hedge a little bit. His recovery's okay. But how often do teams really play hedge? So you kind of have to just bet on the fact that he's six eight and pray we can teach him to play drop and like because he can't switch. It, it's just a really complicated sell on the defensive end for somebody who's seen as this really, really, really tough defender. I mean, he's, he's really not. Yeah. I, I think all that stuff uh, that you have is right. Um, I will say, I, I think there is maybe like some utility with him being able to kind of chase guys down. He does his, like I said, I, I, I think one of his better defensive attributes is his verticality. Um, I think he is like a very solid two foot leaper and he hangs in the air. Like, like when smaller guards blow by him, if he can just stay close, he's going to make that layup hard, even though it's, you know, like, like they should have a path. Like he just is, uh, you know, I think he had six blocks in that Auburn game. Most of them were him getting cooked and it's just not mattering. And like that worth something as much as it's maybe not the most aesthetically pleasing, uh, though to some people they like it, I guess. Um, but like there is maybe something there. There's there's a median where it's like it's not great, but it's not bad either. Um, I think there is actually maybe some upside with him as a solid, not great rim protector because again, the verticality is good and he does have a a real nose for the ball when it's just like like his ability to block some shots with not fouling is pretty impressive. He's not the best of that that we're gonna talk about today, but he is solid at that. Like like most guys, if they're going to bring their hands down, right. It, it's a foul. Like it, it's just, they have this thing where it's like, Oh, I really want this block. So I'm going to bring my hand down and try and block it. And it's a foul. But with Walker, he's pretty consistently actually hitting the ball for whatever that's worth. Again, like it's not the greatest thing in the world, but it is solid. And I actually do really like um, his general kind of defensive rotations. I think he has a solid feel for that. He has great hands too. Like just really gets into passing lanes. Well, like, I don't know what the wingspan is exactly. I think I saw seven one, but I could be wrong on that. But he looks long and he uses his length very well, which is more important than the actual length itself. Um, you know, he has a good feel for sticking his hands in passing lanes for 
you know, poking the ball free. Uh, he digs pretty well, I think, uh, uh, on drivers and especially in the post. Again, like you mentioned, like the double the post thing is not an NBA thing, but he is legitimately great at timing that. And he gets more steals than I think anyone on the Houston roster in those doubles. Um, not that that would be a stat that's specifically tracked by anyone outside of Houston staff, but in, in terms of the game I watched, it was him and Tremont Mark who are the best at that. So um, I think there is a, there's something there with his defense. I don't think he's going to be great. He definitely can't like switch. He's not going to be a switch big, but as a five, I think he can consistently execute drop solidly um, and also add some value as a solid rotator as the low man. Um, so there's some stuff there. If he's a five, I think the issue is if you try and play him as a four, it's going to be, it's going to be tough for him in the NBA. Cause there's just, he's going to get spaced out. He's going to have to guard people on the perimeter that he shouldn't be guarding. And he's going to struggle. And his rotations are also less crisp when he's not near the basket. His closeouts are, are pretty bad. He covers the ground well, but he's awful at breaking down into a stance. He's almost always jumping. Um, he's going to get consistently cooked. Uh, on closeouts in the NBA. So I, I'm just, I don't think the defense is great. Like there are some people who are, are thinking he's like the best defender in this class. And I just don't see that at all because the all-ball the all defense is too bad for that to be the case. But even the off-ball, I don't think it's like world beating. What I will say is I think there's a solid baseline for him to develop into a very solid kind of drop or or like high drop uh, big defender where um, he's he's doing some stuff. Like he, he's not someone you're just going to stick around the rim and say, just stick your hands up, but he can kind of do some things. He can muck some stuff up. Um, and I, I, again, like, I think there is a path for him to develop into a starting caliber defensive big, even though like it might not be in the most traditional way, either as a switch big or as a pure drop big, it's kind of be going to be in that kind of funkier in between way. Um, Stone, where are you at with, with Walker's defense? <laughs> Somehow again, lower than both of you. Um, I think that uh, what stands out to me most is his off-ball defense. I think that he uh, can be really explosive as a help defender. If he's like coming out to reach to, to help someone, uh, he can seal off a lot of the court just by how big and long he is and, and take away a lot of opportunities from somebody. Um, the issue is if there's not another person there helping him, uh, he's probably going to get beat one-on-one. Um, but he is like really legitimately explosive at at making the proper reads off ball and then getting there to help very quickly. And for me, that's his best attribute defensively. I have some actual concerns with him as a rim protector. Um, the first thing is I think that uh, he's just not he, – the stiffness really comes into me when you watch him as a rim protector. I think he's very stiff in the air, and it, he really struggles to adapt his body – well in the air i think once he's jumping up he's like that's his position he's jumping up he's not turning his body much and i think he's he's just going straight up and down which is fine because you obviously want uh to be a vertical rim protector you don't want to like draw a bunch of fouls but he's also limited into how he can affect shots i think that he's going to be blocking shots that's coming straight up against him um and then also uh have limitations as far as uh, what he can do as a, and you can have, he's going to have limitations as to how he can adjust vertically against guys that are more versatile finishers around the rim. Like, I think that he's going to be, have a lot of trouble taking up a larger area around the rim if he's not, um, 
if he's not able to turn his body or, or move within the air. The other thing is I think that guys coming around, he prefers to be like a from behind shot blocker, I think. I think that's where he's best at. I think that's where he's most comfortable. The issue I have with that is that guys are just quicker than him. And I think he, he would prefer to bait and come around from like the help side and, and be this rim protector from behind. But he oftentimes like guys would just beat him to the rim and he was they were there too quick before he could react and, and get up in the air and um get there in time in position. Uh, and I think that's only going to get worse in the NBA. I think guys are going to be quicker and faster at getting to the rim. Uh, and he's going to really struggle to move across as a help defender and react in time to be what he's most comfortable at as a shot blocker. So I think in that regard, there's some actual concerns for me as to how he can act as like a primary rim protector. If you're playing him at the five, which is what he's best at, but also he has limitations too. And I think that that really concerns me as to like, what exactly is he on both ends? Because um, there's, there's legitimate concerns for me as to even in this role, which he's best at as a five, um, what he is, how effective he's able to be at the things that he's going to have to be in that, in that sort of role. Yeah. I, um, I, I think that's, I think that's all right. And that kind of takes me to what we view him as and, and where we would draft him. Um, Walker, <laughs> I feel like we've said this every single pod. Um, Walker has probably been the toughest eval so far for me. Not in terms of what I view him as, but in terms of how I value what I think he does. Because again, I think he can like really pass. I think he can occasionally create some self-created shots in the mid-range. I think he could potentially be a solid role man. So, and and, and then I also combine that with thinking he could be a, a solid, not great, but like passable um, defensive drop big. So basically what I'm saying is I think there is a world where he is a starting caliber center even if not like a top 15 one or anything like that. How do I value that? Because there's also some major downside, especially if he's drafted by a team that thinks he's a four, wants to put the ball in his hands a ton. All of a sudden, he's just not a guy. He like, like I, I honestly think if he is viewed as a four, unless the shot really develops to an outsized degree and he like gains some insane flexibility in his lower body, he is just not like going to be comfortable with that position even if like like you would have to create some very specific accommodations for him with who is playing the five so all that kind of takes me to I, I I think I have Walker in my first round in my late first category I have him slightly above like Keontae George and uh, uh, F.A. Abagidi or uh, sorry Ife Abugidi. um but in like a tier below Leonard Miller Brandon Miller and Asur Thompson uh, just in terms of kind of how I would how I view them, how I would draft them. Um, if, if he's available, you know, 23 to 30, and especially once he's in the second round, I would absolutely take it. Where he's being talked about as a top 10 guy, I'm just not there. I, I, I didn't see the defense being to that level of value as some do. Um, and I, I don't think there is enough there offensively, especially with his athleticism concerns, to really like bull me over and think there's, athletic like 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 uh all-star you know all nba upside i've heard some people talk about him as like a sneaky creator bet and i just don't see that at all i just don't think there's any creation chops with him outside of the passing just being really good um but i don't think the passing is so elite that it like you know i i I don't know like the upside the the high ceiling for him would be like you know uh slightly worse smaller demontis sabonis on offense 
and passable, you know, defensive big. There's something there. That's a that's a good player that is absolutely worth taking the first round to me. But I I, I really and and I tried very hard because again I love Houston. I'm, I'm a big Cougs fan. Um, I tried very hard to see it with Walker, and I just couldn't. There just wasn't enough there for me to have him lottery, uh, much less top ten. Coop, uh, I, I obviously you're the biggest fan of Walker of all of us. So so where did you have him? Uh, and and you know how 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 do you view his kind of role moving forward? Yeah, so this is one of those spots where it's uh, this is a lot about just the the philosophy of my board. Because I think Jarris is someone who, if he goes like like you talked about, he goes to the right team. There's a world where I I think he could be a really high end starting center who can play a really effective role, a really valuable role that teams are really looking for. Uh, it's just somebody like if he goes to Washington and they think he's a four, there you know he could just completely suck, right? Like it it, it stinks. But the way my board is structured. It, or the, the way I, I view my board is I am a t- like the, I am the team with the best possible circumstance for this guy in team specific boards. I think I would, for a lot of teams, I think I would have him closer to where you have him. Cause I think they're still valuable. If you're a team drafting, like if you don't need a five who can short roll and can drop to do that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I think that's still a valuable guy you can draft in the first round. Um, but I think I'm probably going to end up with him in my mid-first, um, my mid-first round raid right above Jet Howard. Um, I think the stuff he does is really rare. I, I I don't decide on where I put them until we talk about them uh, because I, I see like these conversations tend to change my mind to a solid degree. If you had asked me where I would have had him before deep diving and talking to you guys, he would have been... Uh, probably around six or seven, but right now, uh, he's currently at 14 and I imagine he'll probably drop closer to 17 by the end of the process. Um, I think there are just teams that could really, really use that. And he's a guy who could be a starting center and a really valuable one for the correct team. Uh, I would love him on the Houston Rockets. I would love to see him on OKC. You know, there's a lot of teams that if they view him as a five and, allow him to play to his strengths, he'd be great. It's just there's a lot of teams that could dick around and mess him up, and and you have to kind of account for that to some degree. Um, but I still – I love Jairus Walker, really believe in him. Uh, this was tough to move him down on, on my board, but it, uh, this is a really good conversation and, uh, you know, really helpful. Yeah, um, I think for me it's just – really tough to even as a five which i agree with you guys is his best role i i still have like major concerns to him filling that role so i would right now i have him in my 20 to 30 range but it really just depends on who else we watch and how much i like them and i could see him falling you know as far down as like 40 um if i'm being honest if i'm watching if if i like enough of the guys that we are going to continue to watch so I just have way too many questions uh, um, and I don't believe in a lot of it coming around and coming to fruition. Uh, So right now, 20 to 30 is probably where I'd be comfortable at um, taking him. Yeah. All right. I think that's all 
more than fair. Um, Coop is not happy with Stone's ranking of uh, Jairus, but we will just move on because, um, you know, I I, I can't, I'm already the babysitter here. I can't also be breaking up fights. So uh, no, let's let's move on to Taylor Hendricks uh, forward big. I think we're gonna I think we're going to lean more forward with Hendricks. We kind of lean more big with Walker. I I at least personally lean more forward with Hendricks. We'll probably talk about that uh, down the line, but uh, he's definitely one of those two. Um, so there's some funk there. Um, listed at six nine two ten. Uh, if he's two ten and Jarese Walker is two twenty. Uh, then something is wrong. Uh, there's one of those, you know, either Drace is bigger, which is probably the case, or uh, Hendricks is small. I think 210 is about right. He's not like absurdly skinny, but he's definitely kind of skinny. Um, November 22nd, 2003 birthday, he's 19 years old. He'll turn 20 uh, about a month into his rookie season. So a little younger than Jairus, but not a ton. This year, as a freshman at UCF, um, a very weird team. We're going to talk about that context a little bit. He averaged 15.1 points per game on 47.8, 39, 78.2 shooting splits, uh, seven rebounds a game, um, 1.4 assists, 0.9 steals, 1.7 blocks, 1.4 turnovers. Uh, his advanced stats, 58.8% for shooting, pretty good, uh, especially for a freshman, again, on a team with sort of weird context. Um, you know, 8.6% offensive rebound rate, pretty solid. Again, not as good as Jarris's, but solid. 8.6% turnover rate. 9.9 or 8.6% assist rate, 9.9% turnover rate. Kind of worrying numbers there. 1.6 steal rate, 6.2 block rate. Um, so I want to talk very quickly about the UCF context around him. Um, UCF was a pretty poor passing team this year. Uh, there was not a ton of uh you know high-level playmakers on this team. There were a lot of guys who really just wanted to hunt their own shot, who wanted to um, you know, shoot, and they were a good shooting team, they were a good outside shooting team. There was definitely like talent on this team. There just wasn't a a a ton of like high level playmakers. I would say Darius Johnson was solid, um, but I think he was more of a situational passer than like a true setup point guard type. Um, but defensively, uh, you know, Hendricks like was the four. He was mostly playing next to a five, either Michael Durr or Lahatun. Um, you know, he's playing next to one of those guys, but he was still probably the most important defensive player for their team. Uh, did a lot of things on the perimeter near the rim. Really, really funky defender. So the place I want to start with Hendricks is the jumper because I think a major sell, you're going to hear this a lot, and, and we have our version to this term as much as anyone, but uh, I, there is some aptness to it. 3 and D. 3 and D forward. Taylor Hendricks. 3 and D. Um, so let's talk about the jumper because the baseline numbers look pretty good. Um, 39% on 4.5 attempts. Uh, 78 0.2% from the free throw line on 3.2 attempts. Um, pretty good. Now, college is always a small sample size. I always warn to be wary of just buying into like small sample size college shooters, right? Like we've seen great shooters have one year at college and have that not be representative of their numbers at all. Tyrese Maxey really stands out there. And we've seen guys who get drafted based on like good shooting performances and then kind of disappear. Harder to come up with examples of those because they kind of disappeared. Um, so Taylor Hendricks, what is there to like? Um, I think the touch is insane. <laughs> I think he's just got like insane shooting touch. Um, one of many just like nutty touch shooters in this class. I can't remember the last time I've gone through a class and seen this many guys where I'm like, there's like, like five different issues in this form and it just doesn't matter. 
Um, his ability to hit shots off of like really weird footwork patterns, um, uncomfortable looking like angles and weird body movements. It's really, really impressive. Looks like he doesn't know how to shoot. Um, but he, I mean, he's just, he's like a, a really easy bet to me to be a very good shooter because I'm going to trust that you could teach someone who is already a good shooter, how to nail down the footwork mechanics and, you know, consistently anger them, angle themselves towards the rim better. I, I'm just going to trust that I can do that, especially because he's already a good shooter. I think there's even upside for Hendricks to be like a movement shooter of some type, not like a complete bomber because I, one, I do question his range. He's skinny and he does like the farther out on the floor he is, the less comfortable the shot looks, the more kind of leaning forward he is. Um, but there's some major sway in his shot. Like it's, it's so weird again. Like it's hard to even describe. I posted a clip um, that I think really illustrate. It's like a perfect look at like the weirdness. Cause it's a wide open jumper from the top of the key, but he still looks just really weird doing it because he, drags his right foot and then he sways forward uh covers like three feet of ground on the jump but he's not jumping super high it just doesn't matter like the touch is just there i think he could absolutely be a pick and pop guy i think he can you know occasionally run off some screens um i think he can even like if if a defense is playing soft create a little for himself off the dribble he had a couple moments this year it was not at all consistent and he also did miss a lot of off the dribble shots when he did take them but every once in a while he'd do a little shimmy shake one dribble actually you're just going to give me space okay i'll pull up um or like a little just like head fake step back bucket like there's some stuff there where it's 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 i i think there's real upside with the jumper even though i know it's funky uh coop stone you guys have kind of any thoughts on on hendrix as a shooter and and what you project him to look like at the next level i, I buy him as a spot-up shooter uh everything else like you talked about is just so funky like they're, the touch is good, so I, I kind of buy I, – I don't know how much I buy like motion and stuff, but um, no matter how weird the shot is, it always feels like it's going to go in whenever he takes a spot up, Jay. It looks a lot better whenever he has a little bit of space, a little bit of time. Um, but it, I, I don't know how much more he's going to have than just spot up. Yeah, I mean, as a catch-and-shoot guy, like I think he's going to be really actually like a prolific-type shooter. Like I think he's going to be just – pretty awesome in that role uh, he has interesting things we'll get more into with the footwork i think that there's inconsistencies but also like really impressive flashes of just how quickly he can gather himself and and get a shot off and combined with the touch like you're talking about i think it um bodes in the right direction and the fact that he is as good a shooter as he currently is with the the funkiness and inconsistencies in terms of how he gets them off, uh, I think actually bodes well into how good of a shooter he could become because there's that much more to improve on for him. Like I, I think there's, we talk about issues a lot, like we just did with Therese, but I think that with Hendricks, this is something that um, is pretty improvable on. So I think it, it, it raises that bar of what he can be as a shooter quite a bit uh, with where he already is at now. Yeah, uh, I think that I think that's all great stuff. Let's talk about what else he does offensively because I think um, you know three and D often implies that he does nothing else offensively. So let, let's break that down. Um, I'll quickly say I think he could probably catch lobs at the rim. I think he is a good two foot athlete. He's just always playing next to another big. Um, he's not like a super high flyer, and he does take a while to load. 
But if you're just going to let him like waltz up to the back of the rim, like he will crunch a dunk. Um, he can, you know, he even like flashes some like getting up off one. I think his issue with trying to score off one foot on layups or on dunks or whatever is that he's really bad at gathering the ball. Um, he has to like drop really low and kind of put all his effort into gathering lots of times. So he really struggles to kind of pick up with one hand and finish outside his body or kind of like glide through defenders. Like, like he can't really do that. He has to grab it with two hands and, and really try and fight through to finish that way. Um, that's not to say there's absolutely nothing there, but it's just, I, I think he is at least a solid one foot athlete. He has okay. Burst, not great, not great, but like, okay. Burst, um, Stone, I'll throw this to you. Is there anything else you kind of buy Hendricks doing uh, on the offensive end? Um, I mean, he's pretty active, like around offensive boards. I think he can be like a decent putback guy and um, someone that can put, uh, you know, clean up dirty work type stuff. Other than that, I don't really see anything else he does offensively. Like, I think the handle's really bad. Um, I think the footwork in the post is extremely bad. Um, it's. Uh, I mean, it looks like very, very, uh, like he hasn't really played basketball for very long. It's just there's there's not much in terms of uh, technique or complexity or anything offensively outside of the shooting. I think that shows with the shooting too. Like he, like we talked about, he he has inconsistencies there. But offensively, like I just don't really see many flashes of what else he does. Um, he he can't handle he he doesn't stand out to me really at all as a passer. Like I wouldn't say he's a bad passer necessarily, but he doesn't do anything that um is above average in any way to me. Um <clears throat> I'd think that uh he has like he has light feet, which we'll get to more defensively, and I think he's he's quick on his feet and light on his feet, but I just don't think he's super uh coordinated almost like with his footwork. I think it's just uh, it's kind of all over the place. So, um, I mean, the one thing you can say with Hendricks is he will shoot, I think, definitively at the next level. Everything else, it's like it's not even really that it's up in the air for me. It's just I haven't really seen anything else that he does. And my, part of that might be the role he played at, um, in college. But uh, I, I think that there's um, the fact that that was his role and he was limited to that role only sort of leads me to believe that there's not much else that the coach believed he can he can really show offensively and, and gave him any sort of responsibility in that way. So um, I do have some pretty major concerns as to what else Hendricks is besides a shooter on offense. I think the passing is actually like not good. I think he's really predictable as a passer. Um, he like makes a lot of lazy passes like around the perimeter. He just kind of like lazily tosses the ball and gets picked off. Uh, a solid amount. Um, the handle is a hundred percent a straight line handle. There's nothing else you can do with it. I think there's great moments where he has a cool pump fake and then he drives right around the guy and gets right to the rim. Uh, and he's a good finisher in those situations and, you know, makes solid decisions, but uh, it's not complex at all. He is a closeout guy. He's not going to be, I don't even know if he'll be like a, a super complicated closeout guy, but I mean, it really just feels like he is a three and D player. Like I, I hate to, you know, we, we, we talk shit on that, that term all the time. It's like, Oh, it's so lazy. Uh, you know, a lot of guys can do a whole lot more than that, but I mean, he's maybe three and D plus cause he can, you know, put the ball on the floor a little bit, but most of his self-creation is in the post and he's not super good at it. 
Um, like his footwork isn't crazy. He's got good touch. And so that kind of makes up for it. And he has like some moves down there where he's got like a little, Oh, up. And then I'm going to go under, but there's nothing crazy. Uh, he's just simple. Uh, I think like Stone is saying, he's just, he's going to shoot. He's going to be good at it. He's a solid finisher. Uh, I think, you know, 65 at the rim, not bad, you know, mostly only half assisted. So he's getting to the rim a solid amount on his own. Most of that's just straight line driving or post up. And, you know, it's, it's not bad stuff. And, uh, he's not, and I don't think he's going to be anything more than that offensively. And that's, that's okay. Yeah. I, I think you guys are, are mostly right. Right. Like he's not, he's not a complex offensive player. Um, He is kind of a, a dunks and three. <laughs> This is going to sound so obvious. Um, he reminds me a lot of Trevor Ariza offensively, um, which Coop is going to love. Um, I don't I don't, know. But I also don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like there is value to just being like a potentially really good shooter. Like I, I think there is like upside where if he's just taking spot ups and he's kind of the third guy you're worrying about for him to be like a 40 plus percent shooter on like solid volume, really spacing the floor for stars. Um and that has value like that, that matters being able to attack close out. Like I think he can, again, I don't think he's gonna be able to pass off of it, but I think he can. Um, I, I think that's fine. Like just get down straight Hill. Cause I think that, I think the first step is okay. If he can just, you know, drive in a straight line, jump stop and take a floater or something every once in a while. Fine. Again, I think he could maybe have some utility as like a roll man, because if he can pick and pop, but if they try and cut off the pop, he can kind of back cut or roll and and get to the rim, catch a lob or or catch dump off and finish. Like I think that has value too. I, I think he is a a good enough offensive player for what he is. Even though there is very little like star upside with his offense because he's not a good post scorer, you know all this stuff. Whatever. I think it's fine. I think he can. I think he'll still find a way to be valuable offensively, even if it's not valuable enough to be like an offensive prospect. So that takes me to the defense. Now, I have the defense uh, split into two things here, but I actually kind of want to make it three because I think there's three important things to talk about defensively. Um, the first is his kind of help instincts, rotational defense. The second is, you know, positionality, what he does, you know, if he were a five guarding pick and roll um, and, and how he guards on the perimeter. And, you know, then also kind of how he would look if he was a switch big or uh, as someone who do, can you put him on wings to be a stopper? So we're going to talk about those three things. Let's start with the help instincts. Um, I think he's a a, a potentially really, really good uh, help defender, um, rim protector type. I think he is sloppy, very sloppy right now, uh, but he is fairly young. Um, and his combination of athleticism, timing, and best in show ability to block shots without fouling really really pops to me like i i, I tweeted this there's this great angle uh, in one of the nit games it was against florida where um one of florida's players was kind of out on the break he stole a pass from from hendrix because again hendrix very bad passer turns it over a lot stole a pass hendrix is like i'm gonna try to chase him down and the guy went for a dunk and nine not even nine out of ten 19 out of 20 players foul this dude going for this but somehow like he was able to get his hand. It, it reminds me a lot. It reminded me a lot of that. Like when J, when Bam Adebayo blocked that Jason Tatum dunk in the bubble, where it's like his ability to just get his hand on the ball and touch literally nothing else just blew me away. There was a great angle of it, like right above the basket. 
And he does that stuff all the time. He is constantly high-pointing blocks and getting just to the ball and nothing else. Really, really impressive stuff. And it helps make up for the fact that he is pretty consistently a step late in help defense, like constantly, you know, a little behind in help. Um, but I, I I, think when you have those types of instincts, it, it almost doesn't matter. Coop, how do you feel about him as like a backside rim protector and rotator? I think he moves really well in tight spaces. I think he's a really solid weak side rim protector. Uh, my big thing is he's just too jumpy. Um, I think every single pump fake I watched him defend, he went flying for it. Um, he's like very good going at like like you said, he's very good at tracking. He's very good at like oh the shot's going up. I'm gonna go swat it. He's got great like you know he's great at that kind of stuff. It's just he goes for it every single time it's like he's jumping at jumpers like a, like a, a, a mid-range jumper that he's already semi-contesting right you could just have your hand up and you're contesting the shot just the same but he has to jump for it because he has to get the block um you know i i think he's got solid instincts he's just a little bit too reactive and slightly too slow with his like reaction speed for me to be like oh yeah I'm a hundred percent comfortable with this guy as like a full-time weak side rotator. Um, but I think, you know, he's solid. He, like how, how old is he? He's pretty solidly young. If I recall, right. 19, he'll turn 20 about a month into his uh, rookie season. Okay. Yeah. So he's pretty young, not like the baby baby, but he's like, I believe that's something that can come along, especially with reps. Uh, and I think a team can really tone down the jumpiness you know, if you really make that like a point of contention. So I'm not super worried about it. Those are just what I'm worried about at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I think that, I mean, I pretty much buy him as like a full-time rim protector. I think that uh, there is concerns with over jumpiness, but um, the other thing is he's a pretty quick leaper. So like the second jump is pretty solid too. When he gets off the ground, I felt, uh, and the initial, the initial jump is pretty quick to me. Um I think that he, for me, is like one of the more impressive, maybe the most impressive big um, outside of Wemby uh, as like a, a low rotation guy. I think he reads rotations really, really well um, where he's supposed to be timing when he's supposed to help. Uh, I think all of that is really, really good. Um, I, I really love what he does as a backline defender, whether it's being the primary room guy, whether it's being uh, sort of a roamer in that sort of a role or even uh, just like that, the help side room protection. Like I think um, just as long as he's sort of in that backline defense, uh, I think he's going to be a really, really good defender. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think there is even upside for him to be like, like the best um, like weak side room protector in the league. Um I, I think that's absolutely real. Uh, as for kind of, I, I, I think there is some predilection for taking someone like Hendricks, who is such a good weak side rim protector, and trying to extrapolate that into them being a primary rim protector. And that is something that, one, we haven't seen. So I, 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 I'd be interested to see a team try it. And, and I kind of want to get to your guys' thoughts on whether or not that would work, right? Like him guarding pick and roll and drop and consistently trying to um you know stymie drives and uh block shots and straight on situations i i i have my 
I'll just I'll just give some disparate thoughts on that, and and you guys can let me know what you think. I think the strength is a bit of a worry there. I think if guys can really have that time to like run into him and kind of put their shoulder down into him, like in the NBA, he's going to get pushed off his spot a lot. Um, and that makes blocking shots harder. It leads to a lot of fouling. I think that's kind of what we've seen with like Jaron Jackson's foul issues throughout his career. It's a lot of that type of stuff when he's guarding pick and roll. Um, I think he can definitely jump out of a backpedal. Like I, I, I think, you know, I talked about the ability to self-organize with Jet Howard a lot. I think that pot is a great, it's a great listen. You should go listen to it actually. Um, but it's a, you know, I talked a lot about the self-organization and I think, you know, Coop, you mentioned being able to, you know, jump in tight spaces and kind of maneuver around those tight areas. I think Hendricks is great at that. And I think that, you know, gives him some upside to someone who can jump out of a back pedal or kind of quickly flip his hips. His hips are super impressive, super quick, like in drop scenarios, like they're, he's not always in them, but when he is, or like, when he's guarding someone and then they pass to a cutter, his hips flip so quick to, and, and he's so quick to flip his hips, bring his feet together, get off the ground. Like before the pass is like before the ball is going up for a shot, he's already in position to block that shot. It's really, really impressive stuff. So I think there is upside for him to potentially be a, a true five rim protector, but I don't know that he's the type of guy who you, who could consistently like, deter drivers if that makes sense like i i think he can do some things there but he's not like you know massive and and that that matters like you know a lot of your the best protectors in the league are 6 11 or seven feet tall and he's not he's 6 9 and i don't think his wingspan is as long as those guys i don't think he can get to as many shots like and deter drivers while also covering the big so i i do definitely think like to me that limits him to more of a four defensively with if he were to be a five, he would have to kind of do some different things. Coop, how do you feel? Do you think he could uh, uh, exist in a drop, or do you see him more, you know, purely as a second side rim protector? So I think the he could become a five. I don't think there's a world where he's a full time five, right? Like I don't think he's a guy who you're going to be starting at your five spot unless he like really bulks up and maintains all of his maneuverability. Uh, I think a lot of his value is the fact that he can cover a ton of ground and be a weak side rim protector. And then if you really need spacing for your guards down the stretch of the game, oh, Taylor, you're going to play the five. Uh, you know, we're going to play you kind of at the level and, you know, in, in like a light drop. Uh, he's like, he's solid. He's solidly mobile in like a hedge and stuff. At college, he just does a lot of the small stuff wrong. Like he knows where to be and he can cover the ground really well. He just doesn't use his hands. He doesn't use like the best angle to like go from point A to point B from like from the guard to the roller again. Uh, but I think he does a lot of stuff really well. And I think he's really teachable. I think he's gotten better at a lot of stuff as the years have gone on. Uh, and I think if you can bulk him up and, uh, you know, teach him how to do these things even better, you know, fix his footwork a little bit, he can really do it at least for stretches like down the stretch of a game, it's like, oh, we need the offense and you can hold up just enough on the defensive end and be maybe even like a plus as long as the big isn't, sorry, as long as the big isn't like Joel Embiid, you know, I think he can hold his own against those kinds of guys, uh, you know, and, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of like, oh, he's not, how's he going to guard Joel, you know, and, and but I'm not too worried about Taylor Hendricks. He's going to be a great four uh, who can maybe play some five if you, you know, you really want him to get there. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big proponent of 
playing guys where they're best defensively, like make making sure that they're in their best roles defensively, and by maybe taking away from what he is as a help side guy and a low man rotational guy, I think that uh you're sort of taking you're like you're playing him in a role that you want him to play, obviously, but you're you're deferring from what he does best, and I think that that is what he does as a four. I think there is upside for him, you know, like uh, Cooper is kind of saying, like in a pinch or if you need more flexible lineups where I think eventually you can play him as a full-time five. Uh, I mean, not for the full game, but um, for stretches as a five. Uh, and I think that, uh, like, he, he has he has the versatility that I was talking about, Jer- uh, Jairus Lacks, where in the air I think he is a little bit more flexible, can do more things while he's in the air and adjust a little bit better. Um, I think that there's, I, I have no issues like thinking that he's going to bulk up quite a bit. Uh, he has sort of that Jalen Smith sort of body type, that build with the broad shoulders. And I, I think that he's, uh, for me, like, I don't think he's not going to bulk up at all. Uh, I think he'll, he'll get pretty muscular. Um, I'll, we can get into, you know, eventually for another time, how quickly you're supposed to do that and everything. But uh, I do think that he, uh, I mean, he's light on his feet, like we talked about. I think that he's, uh, the footwork does matter when you're a full-time five, because if you have someone that's doing like post moves on you and things like that, you have to be able to keep up with it. And I don't think he's quite there yet. Uh, I think he's pretty far from that, uh, actually, in terms of the footwork. Um, so anticipatory and uh agility and things like that make me believe that he he can at some point play stretches at the five um but for now i think that the footwork's lacking enough and the he's good he's so good in the role that he does play as that four and help side guy uh that i prefer to to definitely start him out that way for um the foreseeable future yeah i i think that's all fair um and i i think the last thing i want to hit on with his defense is what he looks like on the perimeter, because I, I would say he could potentially be like an all defensive caliber. I, I, I think I've made that clear, like, like a rotational defender, right. Who has some slight versatility. What he looks like on the perimeter is interesting because, you know, Stone, you mentioned the footwork issues. I think that's where they really rear their ugly head is on the perimeter. Uh, lots of missed foot placements, lots of advantages given up that he doesn't need to give up because he has the quickness. He's very quick louder. I mentioned how incredible I think his hips are. I think they are truly elite. I think his length is good. I think he has good hands. He has good feel for timing contest. Like all that stuff is great. Um, but his footwork is really good. Even like on closeouts, his closeouts are, are not awful. They're way better than walkers for whatever that's worth. But, you know, he, he can flip his hips quickly, but it doesn't matter if he exposes the wrong foot or he's kind of like, jumping when he shouldn't stuff like that like like the footwork is just so off that it consistently leaves him exposed so i guess that kind of leaves the question like you know coop i'll throw this to you do you think that's something that's improvable do you think you know and if it is or if it isn't you know what level of perimeter defender do you think he can be i think footwork is pretty solidly improvable uh like if i had to i don't have any science i don't have it's a lot of intuition here uh i gave last year a lot of the benefit of the doubt to duran right and they're very different prospects but duran's issues defensively were technical right 
he didn't know exactly how to move his feet here. He didn't know exactly how to use his body in space there. Uh, and I think Hendricks has similar issues. He's got great physical tools uh, and he's got solid lateral mobility. It's just, he doesn't know how to use it. And I think, you know, the right team can teach him how to do that. And if he can, I, I think he can at the very least reach the point where he can guard threes and fours, right. Or like bigger threes, maybe not like Eric Gordon threes, you know, but actual three sized small forwards uh, and, and fours like, well, he's going to be able to guard Harrison Barnes one day, right? Or Tobias Harris. He has the lateral mobility to do that. And I think he'll figure out the, the footwork and and be all right. I don't know if he'll be, I, I don't think he'll, I don't think there's such a thing as a full-time switch big, uh, but you'll be able to switch Hendricks, you know, big to big, forward to big, forward to forward, and not get too beat up about it, right? I think he's smart. He's very mobile. Uh, I'm just not super worried about something so like little technicalities like that, I think are very fixable and I'm not super worried uh, about him defensively on the perimeter in the long run. Yeah. My dog's about to explode. So I'm going to go fast here. Um, I, yeah, I think, I think I agree with you completely. Um, so let's talk about kind of what we view his role as and, and what we, you know, where we would draft him. So I'm going to throw this to you. We've talked a lot about three and D you know, talk about what you view his upside as and then where you would draft him. Yeah, I mean, the upside is um, I, I, I usually I'm pretty low on guys that just shoot threes. Like, I think that that's a very limited skill set. But Hendricks offers so much defensively that um, it does make him, you know, a valuable asset uh, in an offense where you can, um, you know, space the floor out and, and play a guy who's, still helping you protect the rim uh that's that's just a really valuable skill set um i do think i i'm not super in on him as a switch defender i don't think he's ever going to get to that level of being able to full-time guard on the perimeter i think the footwork's just so far away um he's not going to ever be like a claxton type to me uh in terms of both rim protection and and just the ability to guard out to that degree uh, as a big, but I do think that he offers quite a bit as rotationally and, um, like I said, rim protection and upside ho- to hopefully be, um, like a decent, a decent rim protector, uh, as the primary for stretches. So, with all that said, I think he's probably like a back end type lotto guy for me. Um, which at first, the first few games, I didn't really see it, but the more I thought about what he does and the value that that brings to a team, uh, I think that's where I'm at right now. Yeah, I think I'll probably. I, I think he's gonna go. I I really like his pack, like what he brings to the game. There, it's very rare. It's very tough to find guys who do that. Uh, I think I I'm gonna I'm gonna be a trader. I think I'm gonna do it. I don't really know how I feel about this, but I think I'm gonna put him one spot over Jarris in my mid first round tier. Um, I feel very evil. I feel very despicable in this moment, but I think. What I there's a lot more that I know Taylor Hendricks can do, right? At the end of the day, I think that's what it comes down to. I think there is more potentially that Jarris does with the right team, but I know Taylor can do a few things, and there's some upside to like really improve his perimeter defense and 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 really there's there's stuff there 
right? But I know he's going to come in. He's going to defend really well at the rim, and he's going to shoot. He's going to be able to finish plays. On the wrong team, Jarris won't be able to do some of those things, right? So I I really like both of these guys. I think that they're it's a really interesting case study as far as like bigs who aren't super centers but aren't really forwards. They're, you know, tweener bigs. I think it's a really fun case study into what people value and uh you know what what people see bas- basketball philosophy the I'm just saying gibberish right now and this is bullshit but uh, philosophically the basketball philosophically wise yes I think it's it's a fun duo to evaluate in this pod basketballing logically there's a there's a YouTube uh there's a YouTube uh, uh fucking name uh anyways uh, yeah I, I I think for me with Taylor Hendricks where I come down is I think the defense is potentially good enough to take him in the lottery. Um, I I know he doesn't have a ton of offensive upside. I get that. And I also get that he's not the type of game-breaking defender that you, you that you have with someone like a Victor Wembanyama or, uh, you know, guys like that. Obviously, Wemby's a different case. But, you know, like, I just think he does enough defensively to potentially be one of the two to three best wing defenders in the NBA for like a solid stretch of time. I really value that. I think wing defense is incredibly important, especially versatile wing defense, someone who can be a factor in help, who can, you know, play some passing lanes, who can wreak some havoc, and who can also, I think, eventually survive on the perimeter. You know, like I said, I'm with Coop, where I think that eventually he can be a good, if not great perimeter defender, because I think the footwork is a lot easier to teach than, you know, getting someone with good footwork, but bad hips, good hips, you know, like that's just not something you see, but you know, walk, uh, sorry, uh, Hendricks already has the elite hips and has the elite feel for, uh, you know, rear view contests and stuff. You just got to fix his footwork. And I think, you know, it's never going to be great, but I think it can get there. So I'm, I have him right now, 11. I'm guessing he's going to round out my lottery tier. I I don't know if I'm going to have any other lottery guys, you know, have him right behind Derek Whitehead, right above Jet Howard. So that's kind of what I'm 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 thinking there. Um, you know, a tier ahead of guys like Leonard Miller, Brandon Miller, Oscar Thompson, uh, two tiers technically ahead of Jarius Walker. Um, so I I I I I think that's where I fall on him. I'm probably the highest of all of us, which is fair. Let's move on to someone who I think is going to go pretty fast. Um, just because I I think he is a very easy evaluation in terms of what he actually does. The the question will come with how you value what he does. Uh, and that's Derek Lively the second. Uh, Lively is a February 12th, 2004 birthday, 19. He will technically be, and his rookie year, I think will technically be his age 19 season, or maybe it's barely age 20. Either way, younger than the other two guys we talked about by like a solid chunk, you know, uh, six to four months, depending on which of those other two we're talking about, um, was technically the number one rated player in this year's high school class, um, is uh, going to be uh, in this year's class, 7'1", 215 pounds, uh, played it again, played Duke this year, played only 20.6 minutes a game, but that did definitely jump up over the course of the season, uh, averaged 5.2 points per game on 65.3, uh, 15.4, super low volume there, 60 shooting splits, uh, 5.4 rebounds, 1.1 assists, 0.5 steals, 2.4 blocks, 0.7 turnovers, uh, 9.9 assist rate, 14.6% turnover rate, 1.5% steal rate, 12.7% block rate. Yes, 12.7% block rate. 
uh, 11.7% usage, 65.7% true shooting. Um, I would struggle to find any more classic rim runner prospect. He is, Derek Lively is the definition of a rim runner. Like, it's just, um, I, I really don't think there's much else to his game uh, other than just being a good uh, rim runner. Uh, and, and, and so we'll dive into that a little deeper, but just kind of in general, just kind of give you guys a, a basic vibe. I think he's a pretty, like as I said, pretty easy, pretty obvious eval. Um, so the rim protection, uh, there's some nuance here. I think the first thing to note is that he got way better over the course of the year. I thought at the beginning of the year, his rim protection was borderline bad. His feel for drop defense was really poor. I thought he was consistently out of position. Yeah, the rim protection, you know, it got better over the course of the year. I, I think his feel for drop defense, um, Duke doesn't like, didn't like leave him in the paint. He got a little higher, but he was never really out on the floor. I wouldn't say defensively. He was pretty, generally pretty close to the rim, but his length really is impressive. Uh, he has very, very long arms and it's pretty easy to tell whenever anyone goes near him, he's, he can contest everything. He did, he started to get pretty good at just deterring shots at the rim. Dudes just, just not want to attack him. Um, even in the post, like he, I wouldn't say he's a great post defender, but there are times where his length is so bothersome. The good post scorers were like, nah, nah, I'll just go after Kyle Filipowski instead. Um, so that's kind of, I, I, I think there's some, some real juice there with, with the rim protection. Coop, I'll throw this to you. How'd you feel about Lively as your traditional five big man rim protector? I mean, he's solid at staying vert. Um, you know, that. That 12.8 block rate is uh, pretty crazy. I felt he got away with a lot of fouls that some guys wouldn't. Um, I think it's also because most of the time he is pretty vert. So he gets a lot of the benefit of the doubt there. Um, you know, can only really do one thing and drop at the moment, right? Like he can keep his eye on the uh on the ball handler or he can watch the roller he doesn't really do both well so if you know the guard comes down the lane he's his hips are pretty good he can like stay vertical and like still contest them and bother them and uh you know he's like he's, he's really good at staying vert i mean nigel pack had a few moments you know he gets right to the rim you know does this nigel pack thing flings a crazy layup off but he's right there the whole time he has his arms up he bothers the shot. He makes it tough. You know, it's just offense, you know, good offense is better than good defense for the most part. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Like you said, he's really simple. Uh, he's really good in rotation. Like he's good at going from the other side of the block to come over and block a shot. And he's good at like navigating other people to get there. Um, he's, he, I, I don't, I don't know about him as a primary guy. Because, I mean, he's pretty skinny. He'll put on weight and, you know, we'll see it. Uh, but it's hard to be so simple and, you know, figure out how to play drop properly. But he is young enough to where it's like, oh, you know, the right team, they put, uh, you know, the time in. I think he can really figure it out. That's just in college, he gets to just sit in the paint and not do anything and just kind of like stand there and keep guys away. Um makes it kind of difficult to see direct translation, but you can see in the little flashes, it's like, oh, well, you know, I, I think you could, there's really something there. He has the instinct. He has the physicals. Uh, you know, you just have to hone it and really get it sorted. He does commit a lot of fouls though, which is kind of worrying. Um, but, you know, that's the kind of stuff that comes with experience. 
Yeah, Lively, I agree with a lot of what Cooper said. He's very interesting to me, not in terms of the complexity of his game because we've already touched on that, but the fact that he, to me, is like a really, really good help side rim protector, and there's a, a pretty big disparity to me in terms of what he is as a primary rim protector. I think that he is awesome at, as Cooper is seeing, like coming across the lane, across the block, uh, being that help side guy, watching guys that are where the ball is and um, timing when he needs to get there and blocking it. As a primary guy, it's really interesting because I feel like he's late to get off the ground. Not that it takes a lot of load time for him to get off the ground, but it feels like he's slow to react when a shot goes up as a primary guy and someone's coming down the lane uh, and it's just him in the rim uh, and there's nobody in between. Uh, and I also think, uh, like Cooper already touched on, where he is like not very good at tracking multiple guys at once. I think he that's why he succeeds so much as a help rim protector because he's so good at at like locking in at one guy and seeing where that ball is and where it's going to come and timing that. But when there's uh when he's trying to keep track of staying in front of the rim and watching cutters, but also watching where that ball is and and having to you know. Uh, play both sides of that I think he there's a big disparity and I'm not sure I've really seen that before from someone of his sort of you know rim runner type archetype uh, so I don't know he's it it's just interesting he's super young again there's there's room for that to hopefully grow and we'll get into more of where I think he does have some actual reactiveness to him uh, and does see seem some things quickly but uh, in terms of being a primary rim protector, uh, I think he actually does have a ways to improve. Even though I think he's really good as a help side guy, I think all that I think all that is absolutely fair. And and, and the technical aspects of rim protection or stuff, he still kind of struggles with. But again, I I am impressed by just the general improvement rate he went on from like actively bad defender to pretty solid defender on a team that ended the year really hot. Um, now the ACC wasn't great. They're comp- you know, level wasn't great, but I thought he did some really good stuff. You know, I watched um, how how they handled. I thought he handled like like Baycott for UNC really well, um, knowing when. Hey, actually, I should just trust my guard to make this layup tough rather than block it. Because if I try to block it um, and I don't fully get a piece of it, or even if I do have the time, Baycott's just going to have that put back. You know, he was pretty good at at understanding that. I I, I think willing and able being willing and able to learn as a seven one guy who i think you know i think he gets off the ground pretty quick again i I think the length is absolutely smothering i think that matters um i also think he just like i do like how he's has this kind of nose for disruption sometimes just like every once in a while he'll just get his hand on a ball and 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 force the big to fumble and get way out of position on a post up or he'll just steal it when you don't expect it like oh i'm just gonna try and throw this like over the top skip pass oh lively standing in the middle of the you know he's standing at the free throw line he just snatches it and and it's just you don't really see that um i think the issue with with him defensively is that he is very upright and he's very stiff i don't like the ground coverage much at all um which we don't always think matters with bigs but it does i i don't love his paint maneuverability i don't think he can drop his hips super quick um, I don't think he is great at, um, you know, covering a someone coming straight down the lane to contest that. And then also covering the backside, he's tending to um, give up one or the other. Um, 
Barry just relying on length and a quick jump, and, and that has value. I think he could. I, I I think that matters at the NBA too. But I I I see very little like oh def- this is a future defensive player of the year type. I think it's a lot more. Oh, he's just solid. He's good. He can be an above average rim protector at the NBA level. But how far above average? It's hard to say. You know, we've seen guys in the past develop like Rudy Gobert was not seen as someone with oh absurd defensive instincts or anything. But we've also seen you know like James Wiseman. So it's like you know it's tough to say. I think Lively is somewhere in between there, and I think you know I I think he will be a fine rim protector. Um, Coop, is there anything else you have on his defense, or is that really about it? Because I, I'm honestly like like he's not good on the perimeter. He can't switch. Um, again, like the stiffness is, is a real issue. He can't close out. Like if he's guarding like a pick and pop five, he's probably going to have some issues there. Um, so I, I don't know. Coop, do you have anything else on his defense? Yeah. So this doesn't super fit into the outline, but it is defense His rebounding. Um, I think he's a worse rebounder than the numbers say. Uh, he's not like anticipatory as a rebounder, right? Like he doesn't see like where the, he doesn't read where the ball is going to come off the rim. He just reacts to when it goes. And he, uh, his timing is really bad. (laughs) Like there's moments where it's like the ball, like a a rebound, but then instead of like, like doing just like, Oh, it's just going to clink off and go over. It like goes off really fast or it like double bounces on the rim and bounces away. And he like jumps and then he sees that it's not going exactly where it wants it to go. And then instead of like still reaching out for it, he just kind of lets it, right? Like he's not like, he doesn't have that nose for the ball that we talked about with, with Jarrison and, and Taylor. Um, but he's still, he's just so physically dominant and he is also just like stationed inside. So I, I can see him struggling a little bit, especially when he's, you know, re- a rookie sophomore, uh, you know, rebounding at the next level just because he's not going to be able to just be stationed in the paint, just be in the dunker spot at all times. Yeah, and he's also just, like, not physically built. And uh, I think that shows up in the post. He gets bullied in the post quite a bit. Like, if guys are are posting up on him, uh, a lot of times he, they're going to just get back him down so far towards the rim that they can get a decent look off. Uh, I do actually like the ground coverage. I don't think he's great technically at like closing out and then recovering and, and using his hips properly, but I do think that his wingspan can suck up space very, very quickly. Like if he has to close out on a mid-range jumper or something. Um, but And I do think like if he gets beat, if he's closing out and gets beat, which does happen quite a bit, um, that again, like coming from behind, his wingspan can can just suck up space so quickly that um, it might be just be enough to to alter a shot or block it uh, as a recovery defender. Um, but uh, again, there's more like technical aspects to where he, he's just not a great closeout guy in terms of you know what he should be should be doing like um, with his footwork and hips and all that. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about his offense again. This will go really quick. Um, he could dunk. Um, he can, in fact, do that. Uh, um, uh, he, again, fairly quick two-foot leaper. Uh, I wouldn't say extraordinary two-foot leaper. And I also think it's worrying that, that I mean, he only averaged, like, he, he averaged 5.2 points per game. On just, like, dunks and putbacks, still, he should be averaging more points per game than that. Like, Duke 
was not like absurdly poorly spaced or anything. No. I mean, obviously Filipowski liked to post up and Ryan Young, whatever. But you had to. I mean, most college teams have two non-shooters, and at least Filipowski sometimes got guarded out there. Like I think he just does a lot of standing on offense, just kind of not knowing where to go. Like he'll set a screen and instead of like rolling hard to the rim or, you know, trying to get like, like even if he's not getting post position, like there's still value to a big, like ceiling off in the post. Right. Like, cause then if a drive comes, like all of a sudden you're in position, he just doesn't do any of that. Like, I, I just think the feel is really, really low on offense. Um, Just for like, like how to do anything outside of uh catch a dunk when he's right near the rim. And, and like, he has some cool ones. He can absolutely get up. Like, I, like I, I'm not going to deny that. Um, I think there's some people who point to the passing as like an above average thing. I think it's not bad, but I think the reason he can pass is because he can't dribble. Now that sounds weird, but what I mean by that is because whenever he catches the ball, unless he's right at the rim for a dunk, because the touch is so bad and because he can't dribble, his only option really is to pass. So all of a sudden, yeah, he looks like a fine passer because, oh, he sees a kick out. And, and like, early in the year, like, teams were sending doubles at him for no reason. It was laughable. But, like, he just, like, doesn't have that feel for scoring. So the passing, I I wouldn't say is nice as much as it's a necessity to his game. And because some bigs don't pass, it looks good by comparison. But I wouldn't say his passing is actually, like, above average. He's just – he's a role man. He can – he runs the floor hard sometimes in transition, not always, but I do like his feel for like setting early drag screens, you know, before the defense is fully set, get Proctor going to the rim. When he does roll, it looks good. Again, the issue is he just doesn't do it enough. His favorite thing to do is stand in the dunker spot and not move at all. You know, let Kyle Filipowski go set the screen. The guard drives. He, he doesn't even like rotate to get to a point where he could get a pass if the drive is cut off. You know what I mean? It's just, just not something he does. Like, I just think the offensive feel is just generally really low, uh, despite him making the occasional nice pass. Uh, Coop, do you have much to say on, on Lively's offense? He has negative touch. Like, the worst touch I think I've seen in a while. Um, he is shooting 77% at the rim. Uh, he's shooting about 50% at the rim as somebody who... Uh, actually, it's closer to like 45 45% around the rim. <laughs> Just, this is why I'm not a math major. As, as someone who is as big as he is, as long as he is, sits his ass, and the only thing he does is sit in the paint and take layups and dunks. He misses more point-blank putbacks than anyone I've ever seen in my life. Like, full stop. This is not an exaggeration. It, for someone who is as big as he is, his touch is, like, horrendously bad. Uh, and... It really bugs me. So that's really the only thing I have to add to to what you said. Just to provide a little bit of color in terms of what he does as a dunker, I think that the wingspan really helps him like dunk from farther out and makes him a bigger lob threat in terms of catch radius and things like that. Uh, again, dunks is, is probably going to be like 80% of how he scores his points um, as far as field goal attempts. And... Uh, the passing is, I really like the reactiveness to it. That's what makes me confused in terms of the reactiveness as a primary rim protector. Cause I feel like he does have really good reaction time as a passer. Um, I think the accuracy is, is fairly bad as a passer. I think that a lot of times it's too high, too low. He struggles with depth, depth perception. It feels like, um, I think that's an issue for him, but in terms of just 
like seeing cutters super quickly. Uh, I do think he does do that well and has room to be like a, a positive uh, interior passer um, if he's just staying in the dunker spot the whole time. Uh, that's that's the one thing that I think he can add to to being just a, a put back and dunk type guy is maybe he can be a reactive passer to guys driving the baseline or something like that. Yeah, there's there's like there's some stuff. I mean, he he's not like like a lost cause. It's just he's just not like gonna do anything special, right? Like there is value to just being a, a solid rim runner. Do I think he's great at it? No. There are like even pure rim runners in this class, assuming they stay in this class, who I would rather bet on, who we'll talk about later, obviously. Um, not in this pod, you know, guys like Daron Holmes, even like Ryan Kalkbrenner. Like, I'd probably rather bet on those guys, you know, than than a Derek Lively. Um, but at the same time, like, it's pretty easy to see Lively as an NBA player, right? Like, if he just gets to the point where he is just really solid near the rim, okay, there's something. It's also easy for me to see Lively as, like, Damian Jones or, you know, guys like that, where it's, like, because I think the feel is so bad, like, like that's been Jones's issue forever, right? Like, just the feel is just not there. He, he, he just, you know, he has nothing other than his size and length. And while like, he'll have moments where it's like, oh, in the exact right scenario, he looks solid. But then in every other scenario, he doesn't. And and that's, I, I don't know, Lively could be that. I think Lively's youth gives me some more hope there. Again, the, the development trajectory. But there's nothing in his game specifically that makes me see him as this guy is definitely like a solid contributor at the NBA level. The margins for bigs are just really thin. The, the difference between a guy, you know, who brings a lot of value and guys who are out of the league, pretty thin. It's the, the difference between one or two rotations. It's the difference in, you know, a quarter second in your hips flipping. Like, that's that really is the case, I think. And and Lively is borderline for me. I would draft him, but I wouldn't draft him high because I just think the, the field questions, the, um I don't want to say motor questions, but just the fact that he's so often doing nothing worry me but again the development track trajectory i think there is some upside with him defensively um so i would draft him i have him in my um like last kind of draftable tier um you know guys like like uh with guys like um gg jackson again who is barely draftable but that's where like where Derek lively is to me like i would maybe take a bet on them if like the if if things really you know, if I had a great workout and I just really need a player of that archetype, right? Like, I think that's where, I think that's where I'm at with him. So I, I don't know where Coopstone, where are you guys at with, with lively value wise? Um, yeah, I mean, in terms of where I draft him somewhere, probably between like the late thirties and the late forties. Um, so I guess like late, late mid second round, um, yeah, I mean, I, he has upside to be like this backup rim protector. Uh, I I don't really see him being like any sort of starting type guy. Uh, that's why he's not in the first round for me. Um, and I think that backup bigs we used to talk about as like pretty replaceable, and I think that's still the case. I just think that there's less backup bigs around in the league, um, that are like like solidly in the NBA as, as like, you know, these guys are going to be in there for a long time. Uh, so there's, there's room to add, um, you know, bets for these backup fives, but um, 
the bar is just not super high. So, uh, yeah, somewhere probably like 38 to 48 in, in that sort of range. Yeah, I have him in my, uh, you know, I would take him in the second tier. Um, you know, if you're the right team, then he could be a priority second rounder. Uh, I think he's the type of backup big that's like kind of rare. If he, because of the athleticism, like there's a world where I think he could be a starting big. You know, if the, the you know, a team really needs that and has the right pick and roll threat, uh, you know, to put next to him and the right players around him, I think he could be a starting caliber player. Uh, it's just probably not. He doesn't have like every single skill you need to be an elite rim roller. And, and like the touch just is not that good. Uh, there's a lot of questions with him defensively and there's, there's a lot to learn. He could get there. He has the physical tools. Um, he just needs the proper development. Uh, and for most teams, a backup rim roller could be helpful. That's uh, just probably not worth taking in the first round. So he's, he's, he's solid. Yeah. All right. I think that's, I think that's all we got. For, I think that's all we got for this episode. I'll be honest. I, uh, I, I don't know. Lively. I, I feel bad. I almost feel bad. Like I just don't have a ton to say about his game. I just really don't. Um, some of that's I'm tired. It's been a really long day. Um, I won't lie to y'all. Uh, so yeah, I hope I hope you found some some intrigue with our our Hendricks and Walker discussions. I honestly don't know how far we are from consensus on them. Like I I really have lost complete. Like my fingers are absolutely not on the pulse at all of what consensus views guys as. Like I. Uh, you know, other than the occasional Gavoni tweet I see, I have, I have zero feel for where guys are. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, that'll be a sorry if you could hear my dogs being absolutely obnoxious. I'm gonna try and wrap this up really fast. Uh, yeah, I think I think that's about it for Coop at Ali underscore Oop underscore Coop for Stone at Report underscore Court. I'm at Bryce Hendrick 14. Give us a like, rating, review, all that fun stuff. Share this with your friends. Like, I, I you know, it really helps us out if you could just like retweet this send it to someone like whatever it, it means the world uh yeah i think that's all we got this has been the upside swings to be a draft podcast we hope we're ceiling thank you